0: Ladies and gentlemen, sports fans alike, welcome to another edition of Bill Swirsky's Sports Talk Chicago. One of the couple, two, three best podcasts around. So, sit back, grab yourself a cold one and a polo sausage, park your keister in the front room, and listen to Bill Swersky Sports Talk Chicago.
1: In Chicago, you know that all sports rock. The Bears, Hawks, Bulls, Cubs, and Sox. Pick your favorite
0: Welcome to another edition of Bill Spursky Sports Talk Chicago. This is your hosts, Alex and Sean. On this episode, we have a lot of thoughts about the Chicago Bears, and we will express them in a calm, rational manner. Hmm. There will be no meatball sauce at all. But first, I'd like to quickly thank our sponsor, the Rockford Icehawks. If you're not familiar with the Rockford IceHogs, they're the AHL minor league affiliate of the Chicago Blackhawks. What does that mean for you? You could see the stars of tomorrow today at family-friendly, affordable prices. The season is going on right now, so head on over to IceHogs.com, get yourself a hat, shirt, jersey, tickets, and more. Tell them Swirsky Sports sent ya. Alex, if you don't mind, I would like to just kick this off real quick.
1: Why don't you go kick it off, and uh, I'm going to prevent this meatball sauce from boiling over that's on the stove here. So I had a
0: lot of thoughts that I wanted to get out about the game And things I saw in the game. But because we recorded this the day after the game, because it was late on Sunday night, a few things came to light that really, really are pissing me off. And I'm not sure, I'm I'm sure you are aware of it, but the Dan Bernstein rant about things. Mm -hmm. So... The rumor slash I don't know is going on is that the Bears organization are trying to throw Justin Fields under the bus and make it seem that it's his fault that they're bad and them to move on and keep their jobs. That was Justin Fields' fault. This is the most bears thing the Bears could be doing this organization is such a complete dumpster fire and it all starts with George McCaskey. He is, he's been around football his whole entire life and he literally knows nothing. And I can't think of anything that's more incompetent than being around something your whole life and knowing nothing about it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's, it's stupidity at embarrassing levels. And he is petrified of hiring people because every time he does, it makes him look worse. So he'll let the organization go down the toilet rather than try and try again to get it right. And the thing is, is even when he says, I'm not going to get in the way of it, it's like a Three Stooges skit. He gets right in the way of it. Like, he is like Urkel or some other bumbling character on an. 80s sitcom 90s sitcom like he just can't get out of his own way so you have Ryan Poles that's general manager and I get he did not he inherited Justin Fields he did not draft him but you know what I know the old saying is well you know they want to clean house and bring in all their own guys if you've got guys there and you didn't draft them that's okay you can keep them if they're good -hmm. But the thing is, if you're Ryan Poles, you brought this coaching staff in that's so stupid and so bad at what they do. It's insulting watching it, truly. And you are, if you're Ryan Poles, you talked about the importance of building teams from the lines out. And you have the worst combination of offenses and offensive and defensive lines in the NFL, arguably your offensive line. Best case scenario is if everybody's healthy and playing to the top of their game, your offensive line is okay. But you have put your eggs in the basket of people that are routinely uh, injured and you have a bad coaching staff. That combination is disastrous. Your defensive line is a bunch of scotch tape holding together. It's it's MacGyvering together, you know, has-beens and never will bes. And you have just a terrible set of lines. And then you couple that with a defensive coordinator who got fired with something we'll never know. In some sort of weird situation. You're, you hired a defensive coach to help fix your young quarterback. I have defended so many of these things because you're isolated. You're like, okay, that's not so bad. But you start adding every single one of them up. Was going out and getting a wide receiver last year because you knew the market bad a bad idea? No. But was it... Because but getting Chase Claypool, who a team that is known for getting best out of uh, wide receiver play, gave up on him, that's who you took. And he is, it was a disaster. And he's gone to the Dolphins. And Dolphins fans are had, had enough of him. He's played like two games. And you turned that's what essentially was the last pick of the first round because the Dolphins – Lost their draft pick, their first round draft pick. You turn that into a quarterback or a wide receiver that you didn't even get a full season out of, and you traded him for what a conditional seventh round pick. Mm -hmm. The idea behind it, fine. Your execution of it was stupidity level, it was threat level midnight. So, hiring a defensive coach, all right, I can see that working. Mike Vrabel can make that work, but you hired a bonehead and every, every decision you've spent so many draft picks and so much capital on, on defensive players to have one of the worst defenses in the league. You brought in a defensive coordinator who runs an antiquated system that sure you can run cover two as you know, in, in situations because that's it's, it's still a scheme that will work, but when that's your predominant scheme and you can't get pressure on the quarterback because of your garbage players and you're not doing anything to help them, yeah, that's the disaster. You've got an offensive coordinator who doesn't know how to call sequences of plays, doesn't know how to put people in the right position, can't protect the quarterback, doesn't know how to get wide receivers open. And Doesn't let your quarterback play to his strengths. And is a coward. Is a straight up coward. And your defensive head coach has thrown how many players I I should shit at, on Matt Nagy for how many years but Matt Nagy didn't throw his players under the bus like this.
1: No. No.
0: Is, when have you heard Matt Eberflus take responsibility for for things that went wrong. It's the players need to play better. My quarterback needs to be better. It's always somebody else. Does Matt or Matt Eberflus have a mirror in his house? Does he not have the ability to self-reflect?
1: Can't lie either.
0: And yet he does. This, this is this is a disaster. And I hope by the time you listen to this, maybe Justin Fields is traded. I hope for his sake that they trade him, that he goes to a team that doesn't hire incompetent boobs and balls out because this team is a disaster. And I don't, I don't know what Kevin Warren has done to elicit any sort of confidence in anybody. But when I look at everybody, And everybody else is eating crayons and eating their boogers. And he's the most adult one around. I pray
1: that he takes the reins on this. Did you see that shot of him last night at the game on TV? Which one? The The shot of Kevin Warren. Yeah. In the, in, in the, in the box. Yeah. Picture says a thousand words. And you know what, Sean? I don't have the confidence that he has the power to step in and make changes. Because I think that dingbat that owns the team will not let him do that because it's not the Chicago Bear way. I would love, love for Kevin Warren to come in and make a statement. I Listen, if you want your tight ends coach coaching the rest of the season. I don't give a fuck anymore. This season is down the drain. It would mean a lot if you just stood up and said, you know what? This culture is terrible. Keeping this culture around is going to do more harm than good. We're done with this. We are done. You, but I don't have the confidence that he has the power to do that. I don't either. Uh, George,
0: George is like, I'm just, I'm just a fan. No, you're not. You idiot. If you think you're just a fan, you're even dumber than we think you are. And I don't I don't even say that lightly. You are dumber than we think you are, and we think you're real dumb. Is you are not just a fan. You and your family own this team. You own 80% of this team. You have the autonomy to say, all right, I don't know what I'm doing. I hired people to do this. <clears throat> And I'm going to give them the freedom to do what they need to do and step the fuck back. So he does. He does have things. He's not just a fan. He has the power to do something. And I would love, I would love if tomorrow morning they were like, uh, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, and Luke Getze have all been relieved of their duties. I would be
1: happy. At least the coaching staff, at I'm, least the coaching staff.
0: I honestly, I'm scared of allowing Ryan Poles because right now, if, if they're leaking information about letting Justin Fields go, either there's two things and neither one of them is good. One is Ryan Poles is directly involved in which case that's a weak move That's a bad move and makes the organization look bad that you're so their subterfuge is, is, is rampant. That's bad. He should be let go. The other one is that your offensive coordinator and your head coach are doing this behind your back and you don't know about it. In which case that looks bad on you. You're letting the inmates run the asylum. Either one. I've lost confidence and we are at a really critical point right now because we're, we're probably going to have two very, very high draft picks. We are probably going to have around $130 million to spend. And we need to figure out if this quarterback is the one we get behind or not. And, and, I don't trust anybody to do this and handle it because you could, if you blow this opportunity that you have right now, you are setting this organization
1: back three to five years. I hear you. I really do. I, and, and you know what? Here is a game that they play on 670 the score with the White Sox. And we're going to play this game as well. We talk about George McCaskey's involvement. Now, you look at it and say, listen, what kind of power does a guy like Kevin Warren have in this situation? What kind of influence does Ryan Poles have? And with Kevin Warren, when I say he doesn't have the power, this isn't always about George McCaskey being active. It's George McCaskey putting on clamps. Like he's like, well, you know, listen, you might be able to hire a, a new coach and GM when the time comes, but uh, you're gonna do it the Chicago Bear way. The so stupid, incompetent way. Right. So it's it's you're you're it's like it's like if even if George McCaskey is not directly, directly making decisions, you're clamped down under what you have to do. Well, okay, if you think they should be gone, fine, but you can't fire them until the end of the year. You know, that right there is an indirect control that George McCaskey has. And this is, again, we're all asking this. So we're going to play the game that 670 the score does with the White Sox. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? You know what? When we watched the Chicago Cubs build from the ground up a decade ago, We knew Theo Epstein, the buck stopped there. When it came to all baseball decisions, Theo Epstein did everything from roster construction to rebuilding the infrastructure of the entire organization. I mean, when they rebuilt the locker rooms and the facilities, Theo Epstein was part of all of that. And Tom, the ownership
0: ownership said, here's a budget. That was their only involvement. Here's a budget.
1: And he ran what you need to do. Right. They, they truly gave him the keys to the car. Truly. And you know what? I, I'm confident right now. Maybe I'm not 100% on it, but I am confident that the Chicago Blackhawks are letting their guy run the show, that they are letting Kyle Davidson run the show when it comes to hockey decisions. Because I'll tell you what, when you are a hockey organization, Yes, they're the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes, they're an original six franchise. Yes, they, you know, were rejuvenated with the cup runs in the early to mid-2010s. But it could be very easy for a an owner, especially of a hockey team, to step in, like, no, you're not going to tear it down and rebuild. We we can't afford all these rebuilding seasons. We're not gonna continue to get the same revenue that a rebuilding Cubs or Bears team would get. But no, they let Kyle Davidson go in there and say, hey we're going to tear this all down. So I have confidence that Kyle Davidson's truly in charge with the Chicago Bears. I'm asking who's got power to do what? How involved is Ryan Poles involved in these rumors, whether or not they're true or not? If they are true, how involved is he? Is he innocent? Is he not? Is he ignorant? Is he not? We don't know. We don't know the extent of all of this, and we don't even know what the hell happened with Allen Williams. But I can tell you what, based on what we know, it clearly just wasn't a, a difference in off and defensive scheme. Here, there is clearly something not right with that entire infrastructure from a culture standpoint to a function standpoint, and we sometimes forget that. AKA two times when we actually do win a game, you know, last week things were fine. Hey, we won a game. The Packers lost the, the lions lost. Look at this. Look how nice this is. You beat the shit out of Brian Hoyer, another team. That's a mess in the Raiders. And then here you are posed once again on national TV, where all the narratives come out, where you are under the spotlight and every single weakness your organization has from the very top to the team itself is all on display for the nation to watch. Everyone can see how dysfunctional this coaching is. Everyone can see how bad this team is put together. Everyone can see that you don't have the personnel to win football games. And here you are in this regime. You've lost 20 of 25 games. Did you see my tweet and David Kaplan's tweet about the five wins the Bears do have, by any chance? I didn't, but I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess
0: that it's around the quality and caliber of quarterback
1: that they won against. It's you know, Kaplan did it against the quarterback. I'm doing against the whole team. Okay, so let's go through. Let's go through it real quick. All right. Sure. You won your first game against a 49ers team should have been really uh, like an impressive, right? You know, press feat. but guess we, what? We thought it was more impressive
0: than it was, but yes. the quarterback that they had, we thought that was their future franchise quarterback. We realize now that it was a quarterback that was so bad that they shipped him out of town for, for
1: peanuts. Yeah. On his rookie deal. Right. And it was in a freaking monsoon. I mean, th- th- there was, it was in a freaking monsoon. Okay, the next win you got was against the team you were tanking with, Davis Mills and the Texans, and you barely won. You needed a Roquan Smith pick and a walk-off field goal by Cairo Santos to beat that team. Barely won against the Texans. What was third? You beat the Patriots on the road. It was a very good-looking win, but here's the thing. Mac Jones is terrible. Exactly. That, that I mean, that that truly marked, I think, the beginning, the true beginning of the Patriots downfall, the Bill Belichick downfall. I think it was that game. Have you <laughs> seen I mean, you, you've watched what the Patriots have done since, right?
0: Oh, yeah, they're they look awful. And honestly, I don't think Bill Belichick is a terrible coach like he's forgot to coach. I think Bill Belichick is an absolutely abysmal he, general manager. Yes. Yes. And I agree. I have a feeling he's not going to get fired, but I have a feeling that he's going to get demoted and they're going to put in a general manager.
1: Yeah, could be. So that was your third win. Your fourth win, I would say, is probably the most impressive. I'm not saying the commanders are great, but you saw the commanders throughout the season do some things with their defense and their defensive line, and you actually held up pretty well against them. You played a pretty good game against that team.
0: But they were the most uh, – their quarterback is the most sacked quarterback in the league. And yes, that's, that's who you got sacks against. <clears throat> that's that's the thing with the Bears is they're able to do the thing that everybody's able to do against the team. Oh, you're the most sacked team? All right, we can actually get a couple sacks off of you. Oh, you're the worst, if, you know, uh, against the run? All right, we can run a little bit on you. They can't do anything against you when you're not terrible at that thing,
1: <clears throat> right? I'm not saying it was a great win, but at least it was a fairly impressive one. A- oh, and it's then definitely, it's definitely the only win or the most uh, the valuable best win, win? The, the best win you could hang your hat on in the Eberflus era, <clears> right? <throat> because you could say, "Hey, our quarterback did really well. The wide receiver we got in that big trade went off." And then your defense actually got to the quarterback and had some takeaways, so all around good game by them. And then win number five, you beat up on a Brian Hoyer led Raiders team. Brian Hoyer is a rotting corpse shell of his former self. I don't think he's won a game in like seven eight years. So there you go. It's it's really
0: pathetic. It's really, really pathetic.
1: And, Sean, how many times this year have we watched a drive or two in a game and you knew it was already over? You knew, ex- like, once the tone was set, you knew there was no going back. And I'm going to be honest with you. I went to bed after the first half. You you didn't miss anything. I um, know I didn't miss anything.
0: Is... Uh honestly, I was really, really tempted to turn this off after uh after the uh uh they scored a or the Chargers scored a touchdown and it was seven nothing. I literally said on my TV, Well, that's it. This is a deficit they can't overcome.
1: And the the, the most frustrating part was the very first play of the game was the only time we thought, Hey, maybe this will set the tone in a good way. Despite the fact that Darnell Mooney got completely robbed and Tyson Bajan got robbed of a passing touchdown on his first play. Yeah.
0: I, I, you know, I do want to say and caveat this with this did not change the outcome of the game. No, but no, the, the officiating, was atrocious. Yes, and it was. Mostly against the Bears. Mm-hmm. I mean, Komet got a touchdown taken away. Um, Mooney, yeah, got a likely touchdown taken away. They took those away with bad calls. There was a pass interference that was awful.
1: and Stevenson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was awful. Like there was, there was, uh, okay, the, the back-to-back penalties on Lucas Patrick. Sure, the first one when you want to call when you want to call it uh, illegal hands to the face. Okay, but the very next play when they called holding on Lucas Patrick, if you watched, his face is being pushed back with by his face mask with the other the defender's hand there. How is that not an illegal hands to the face? Like why, why? is that missed? You clearly were watching because you called the hold on that same play. So it's the officiating in this league is atrocious. And I keep saying it with, with how in bed you are with gambling, legal gambling, you have to take the reins of your officiating. It has to be consistent. The, yep. Because this is where the NFL's downfall will come. We're I'm watching it. Is this league is huge? It's by far and away the biggest sport in the United States. And this is this is the Achilles heel. We're watching it. It is the poor and inconsistent officiating. I, am I saying that there's that there's uh you know nefarious actions going on? No, but If it keeps going this way, a lot of people will be concerned that is this is this a throwing the game situation? Is this a monetary uh, situation going on? Because that's how bad the officiating is. And Uh, we have a right to question it. The running joke is that the league is scripted and the way you officiate leads credence to that i don't believe that any any way form but you're not doing yourself any favors with this no or officiating no you're not is you make so much money why are your officials not full-time officials why do they have other jobs Mm -hmm. that should be your full-time job pay them better pay them a wage where you know what they make really good money that's what they do During the offseason, they should be together in training sessions, watching film, working on their craft, saying, oh, okay, this, we watched every play that got criticized. And you stand up there and you defend the call you made to your other officials in the league. Work on it. Work on your craft. I don't know why this is so hard.
1: Yep. It, it it was, I mean, it was bad. Really, really bad. But Sean, like you said, it the Bears played like shit either way, but you could have had maybe a bit more of a competitive game. Again, it wouldn't have really changed the outcome in the end. But when you see stuff like that, it drives you crazy because you know what? That could have been a great first play of the game where Darnell Mooney gets a touchdown. And in the scorebook, Tyson Bagent has like a a massive play on the first game, uh, the first play of the game. And he was never touched. He was never touched. But guess what happened after that? Despite that, you were still a good field position. And there's Luke Getze running sweeps.
0: You ran two shitty run plays immediately. You were aggressive. You had a big play against one of the bottom three teams against the pass. You beat them over the top. (laughs) <laughs> with your number 2 receiver. And what are your what do you follow that up with? Two shitty run plays. Um they get and then Cody Whitehair gets absolutely demolished by Bosa and on you set your quarterback up with a third and long. And at that moment, I believe I tweeted something along the lines of Luke Getzi or Cody Whitehair should have to walk home for after this game. And uh, Luke Getzy should get launched into the sun because that's Wong. this. This was unca- unnecessary. Is you're playing a team that's decent against the run, abysmal against the pass. You just beat them on a big pass. <clears throat> Take, go at them, go at them with aggression. You are a terrible team. Go at them with aggression. Don't set your young quarterback up for a third and long. And I feel bad for Tyson Bajant is you've got unreasonable expectations from fans on him. You know, him just existing is causing some sort of controversy. Mm -hmm. And you've got a terrible offensive coordinator and head coach who don't give a shit about their players. They don't. They're all only in there for themselves. You'll never convince me otherwise. <clears throat> loser, loser, losers. And your offensive coordinator is putting you in, um, in a spotlight national game, is putting you in a position to fail. That's that's where you are. You're an undrafted rookie out of Shepherd University. You played nobody teams. You played in your hometown, your small hometown in West Virginia in a tiny little college. You didn't face any real competition. You have been a great story, yet your team is setting you up to fail because that's what the Bears do. It was – you knew it from the first drive. Is that one play, that was not – that was not for – uh, the team to win that was not to give confidence to Tyson Bajan that first play was Eberflus and Getzy saying oh well, we didn't make a mistake taking out Bajan uh, in the last game is we, we we believe in his arm that all the criticism we've received over this week here that can go away now no more criticism of us And that's all it was because immediately after that, did you do that again? Not until it was too late. You immediately went to your shitty conservative play calls and not even good run plays. You ran shitty run plays that didn't go anywhere. And you set yourself up where Cody Whitehair had a one-on-one block against Bosa. And that went about as poorly as you would expect. Hmm. And he had
1: no chance. No chance. Hey, you know what else would be nice? If um, your receiver downfield in the end zone could catch the ball.
0: That was really frustrating. I get he slipped, but literally the ball is... The, the announcers were like, well, it was still ca- a pretty catchable ball. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a pretty catchable ball because it hit him in the stomach after he fell yeah. down. Yeah. Like, don't don't tell me anything other than that was a catchable ball because even though he fell down, that ball hit him in, went through his hands into his stomach and bounced off. <laughs> I've been a defender of Valus Jones and he, he should walk home too.
1: Yeah. China. <laughs> China. Uh, you
0: had in that first quarter, that was the, the play where Bajan did a great job getting the ball out to Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. And rather than Cole Komet, try to pick up those extra two and a half yards. Went right went out of bounds. Went right out of bounds. Didn't even try. Didn't even try. He went right out of bounds. Like he had no idea what down and distance it was or where he needed to go. There are so many things that, you know, you could be like, well every player is dumb and doesn't know the situation and is is you know not capable of not making pre-snap penalties then you go you know what that seems like a systemic failure from the coaching staff mhm the coaches don't have these players ready to play they don't have them disciplined they don't know the down and distance it's it's infuriating and yeah, you could be like, well, these players make a lot of money. They should be playing. You know what? Then There's a – there's a Luke uh, Getzey makes a lot of money. Matt Eberflus makes a lot of money too. Their job is to coach. Their players are not doing what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be coaching them. That's the reason you have a coach. Don't just say, well, these players make a lot of money. They got to play. Then if that was the case, there would be no need to pay Matt Eberflus $4 million a year or whatever he makes. There's no need to pay him that if the players are just make a lot of money and they can play. McCaskey would rather keep that $4 million a year than pay somebody. But no, you need a coach. Point, there's a point of having a coach. And also, if you hire a defensive... If you came in to this franchise with a young quarterback <coughs> that was not being coached properly by a shitty offensive coach and then you're like you know what we're gonna bring in a defensive coach that's what we're gonna do we're gonna bring in a defensive coach what is one thing you expect your team to be able to do defend tackle tackle i expect at the bare minimum your team should tackle well and this team is so bad at making tackles
1: the last last night was one of the poorest tackling efforts I've ever seen it was abysmal Uh, it wasn't just one guy it was everybody TJ Edwards with that huge missed tackle that ended up being a touchdown Uh, it was non-stop absolute non-stop the tackling was bad the scheme was terrible you were getting picked apart all night and oh it drives me crazy when that soft-ass coverage gives them that massive cushion right in the middle of the field. What was it on one of the touchdowns when they were literally it – was, it wasn't it was first and goal. It was first down, but the first down marker was within 15 yards of the goal line. And it's third down. They gave him such a cushion. They were all playing on the other side of the sticks. All they had to do was dunk the ball two yards – they had all that room to get the first down because they were playing way back in soft coverage. Yeah, it, what it are is, you doing? You're giving them a first down.
0: And the and we, going into this game, the national narrative is Brandon Staley is not an NFL
1: caliber head coach and should be fired. He coached the ever-living crap out of Matt Eberflus. Yes. Yeah,
0: He came in there and was like, you know what? We're going to throw screen passes. We're just going to throw screen passes. And that just goes back to is this this coaching staff is so bad at coaching. They can't figure out when somebody does something with success more than once, they have no ability to go, let's make this change to stop that. <clears throat> and I'm going to go back to the Giants game is <clears throat> the, that the bears so overmatched the Giants and excuse me. One sec. I'm still coughing here. Um, they were so overmatched the Giants. The Giants found, Oh, Hey, let's, let's just run the naked boot. and, And then have our quarterback run every time. And they kept doing it over and over and over and over and over over. the entire game. And the Bears never figured out a way to stop it because they have no, this coaching staff has no ability to make changes on the fly.
1: Nope. And
0: that's what we happened, had happened. They didn't. They went in there, like, right? we're just going to run screens on the Bears. And the Bears had no answer. None. Is the fact that you haven't fired this coaching staff? Layers are not happy. It, it, you know, m- my take on it is uh, Bears don't do this, or who's, you know, I was, I was one of the people that said, who will coach? And you know what? At this point, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Bring in, bring in somebody is look, the, look what the Colts did last year. They brought in Jeff Saturday, who didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground and was a laughing stock. <laughs> and you know what they did? They, they, They're like, it doesn't matter. We're going to get a good draft pick and we're going to go in and get a real coach next year because, oh, there's no issues. And they get Shane Steichen, who's done an amazing job. They made that rookie quarterback look good. They're making Gardner Minshew look real good. They've got that team humming with a bad team. They're not a good team. They're... I would say arguably they're in, have a worse roster than the Bears but they're winning I mean they're being competitive in games even if they're not winning they're being competitive. You don't look at that team and go what a joke. They're with their backup quarterback and they're still competing. The Bears are a joke. I I I would be fine if you said to Lovey, Lovey, we're going to give you like 2 million bucks. Come in here and finish the season off just keep the train on the tracks. We don't need you to win. We just need you to hold this team together and pay you some money and and then, you know, we're not going to we're we're going to go and get an offensive coach. We just need you to come in here, here's some money, and you fire this coaching staff and you go bring in a real coaching staff next year. I would be fine with that. I would not I would not criticize it one bit. Not
1: one bit. Yeah. I, I, just, I just, on a full interim basis, I want anything but this, truly. I, I don't care if <laughs> if you just went,
0: hey, Olin Krootz or Lance Briggs, with no coaching experience, come on in here and coach. I don't care. I literally don't care. Because at that point, <clears throat> it's all, all it is is about, Keeping this team from mutiny Because this team is A train wreck They're, it's, it's one thing if you lose and you're competing uh, It's This team is just Dog shit tacos
1: Yep Too bad <laughs> nothing will change In season Nothing will and, change And too bad they'll just end up hiring Leslie Frazier Or some shit as their next head coach No offense, Leslie Frazier. I know you're a Bears legend, but, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm looking at the Colts. The Colts were terrible. They were an an abysmal team last year, a laughingstock. And they lose um, week one to the Jaguars. And they started a rookie quarterback. Took them a little bit to get going. They come back the next week and win. Then they beat the Ravens in Baltimore. Uh, they had an overtime loss to the Rams. They lose a close one to the Titans before they had all the injuries. Um, you lose another tough one to the Jags. You you have an absolutely just really tough loss to the Browns. Um. You know, you had a tough one against the Saints. You at least
1: look competent. You
0: looked competent. And your team is putting up 27, 38, 20, 23, 23, 22, 31, 21. Your team is putting up more than teens in this points. And you've put up 30 points a couple of times. And then you're going into, you got the Panthers and the Patriots coming up. Those are winnable games for you. Like you can put together some wins with your backup quarterback and a bad roster. Like that's a team that's like, okay, we felt good about our young quarterback. We feel good about our coaching staff. Let's do this. The, the bears, don't have that. We don't feel good about our coaching staff. We don't know what to expect of our quarterback because he has just been put in shit situations. And maybe Justin Fields is not the guy. I just would love to see him have a wide receiver and a real coaching staff for a whole season and uh and just figure it out. He's dealt with this and Matt Nagy yeah and and here's the thing I, this is part of the reason i would love to just clean house is <clears throat> have a new gm that goes you know what i recognize the position we're in and i think with a real coaching staff in place and an offensive line we can make this work we can kick the can down the road is you take both of those two high draft picks and you trade them for, you trade back, you get multiple first-round picks next year. So you trade back both of those picks. You wind up with three number ones next year. And you go, you know what? We'll give Justin Fields, with this new coaching staff, and a rebuilt offensive line, we're going to give him a year here. And then you arm yourself with multiple first-rounders next year Go, you know what? If he stinks, we've got the ammunition to move up and get a, you know, a, a quarterback in that way.
1: That uh, makes too much sense. No, and the fact
0: that how many games is so? Net, Justin Fields is about to miss game number three, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean Matt Eberflus today said that uh, he's out for the Saints. After not coming out and saying it, the press had to get it out of him. Oh, yeah, you know, we like where he's going. He's still week to week. So is he out for Sunday? Yes. That's how it all went down. And then you play, I believe
0: you play Thursday night the the following week, correct?
1: I'd have to look. Honestly, I haven't looked that far ahead, but Uh, you play the Saints this week. Let's
0: see. Bears schedule. Um... Yes, the next week is Thursday against the Panthers. and That's a night game? Thursday night.
1: Ugh.
0: Yes. So I doubt if Justin Fields is not playing against the Saints, you doubt he's coming back for the Thursday game, right?
1: I would say it's unlikely. So at that case, why didn't you put him on IR? That's what I asked today
0: why don't you put him on IR and give yourself another, another uh, roster spot? God, this just, this coaching staff is, or this front office staff doesn't make any sense. And, you know, here we go. So we got saints. Saints are a pretty good team. You get the Panthers. You feel like you should win that game, but then lions, two out of your next three weeks. Ugh. And the Vikings, the rumors are the Vikings are, might be trading for. Uh,
1: James oh Winston,
0: James Winston.
1: Yeah. Kirk <laughs> Cousins done for the year. That's a big blow.
0: At, I mean, honestly, he's probably done for the rest of his career. Never going to play for the Vikings again, I would imagine.
1: Even if, even, I mean, His even if they draft it, yeah, I, I guess. You don't think they try to bring him back? Well, I mean, he probably will miss
0: into part of next year.
1: Uh, hey, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, I mean, you know. I mean the the
0: rumors were that they were going to get rid of him after this season anyway yes so I think that probably going oh he's done um yeah this is the last year of his guaranteed contract
1: yeah I will we'll see how that goes <laughs> down but you know it'll be interesting to see what the Vikings do if they because I mean record wise they have a shot right now at the playoffs it Actually, wasn't that way a few
0: weeks ago but Actually, I'm looking at this. So his contract is done, but he's got one, two, three, four, five void years on that to spread that cap hit out.
1: That many, wow. Oof.
0: So they'll be p- paying him. So next season, he has a cap hit of, he won't even be on the team, and he'll have a cap hit of $28.5 million. Then the year after, 10 and a quarter million, and then four million, four million. Oh, sorry, four more years. So four more years. And then he's an unrestricted free agent per that contract <coughs> after uh twenty in twenty twenty-eight <coughs> according to spot track.
1: Oof.
0: 28 and a half million dollars against the cap next year yeah it's a lot but you know what he's done he's he's 35 years old like I i i don't see any sense i think the vikings are the vikings are going to try to make a move to to bring in a young quarterback
1: it could very well be
0: and i mean the thing is is if you're them uh, you know you could either trade try to compete this year or you just go you know what we stink and we try to uh <clears throat> we try to uh draft a quarterback in this draft
1: yeah i mean i could see it it's, you know, because they, they were really trying, I think they were really trying to go for it this year. And the fact that they got themselves back into it and you lose that, it's, that's a tough blow. But I mean, you're probably not going to win the division, but still had a shot at the playoffs. Um, let's see where the, we stand. Um
0: play Playoff picture. Um, So if the playoffs were to start today, the NFC, Eagles would be the one seed. Uh, The Seahawks would be the two seed. The Lions would be the three seed. Falcons, the four seed, the Cowboys, the fifth seed, the 49ers, the sixth seed and the Vikings, the seventh seed. There you go. Then they would be they win the uh, tiebreaker with the Saints.
1: <clears throat> so, I mean, they that game against the Saints is in New Orleans, right? Um, Or is it at home? Let's find out. I mean, either way, I don't think the Bears are going <laughs> to win that game, but. Uh... The Bears are in New Orleans. That's what I thought. Yeah. When was the last time they won there? Ryan I feel like was I have ne- on the team. Like I, cause like the last few games I could remember in the Superdome. Uh, I remember the game they lost in 2017 when uh, Zach Miller almost died. Do you remember that?
0: Oh, that was, a, I almost threw up in my mouth.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank God that he survived. Cause I love Zach Miller. And you never want to see that to any player on the field, you know, on such a freak accident. Um, and then I remember them losing bad in 2011. They just had a really, really awful game. Those are really the only ones. Oh, and then, of course, there was the playoff game in 2020. That was on Nickelodeon. You lost that one, too. I'm going to so, look this up now.
0: Yeah, the last time, um, the Bears. Jesus Christ. Um, I was like,
1: I legit don't ever remember sitting down and watching the Bears beat New Orleans in New Orleans. Let's see. So last time they won was
0: in Chicago, in Chicago. The last time the Bears won in New Orleans was November 6th, 2005.
1: Yeah, here. Yep. Yep. Here we go. A year before they beat them in the NFC championship. Um, Yeah. 2005.
0: Kyle, Kyle Orton threw for 137 yards. Cedric Benson ran for 79. Adrian Peterson, not bad. Adrian Peterson ran for 58 and a touchdown. Moose and Muhammad. Only two players had more than 10 yards receiving in that game. It was Justin Gage and Moussean Muhammad. Um <coughs> Robbie Gold missed a, a field goal. It was let's see. Nathan Vasher and Hunter Hillenmeyer had interceptions. And it was Aaron Brooks at quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean we we have a seven game losing streak against the Saints. Period. We haven't beaten the Saints since two thousand eight. Yep. That no, was no, on a I'm... that was a Robbie Gold uh, game winner. I think it was. I couldn't remember. It wasn't overtime. Yeah, it, it was an overtime game winner by Robbie Gold. That was that December when he had the game overtime game winning field goals against the Saints and the Packers. And then they choked in week 17, almost made the playoffs. But yeah, and then, you know, the last time the Bears beat them in the Superdome, like you said, that game in 2005. And then before that, the Bears had not beaten the Saints at the Superdome. The last time before 05 was back in 1991.
0: Yeah, Kyle Orton won the last time against the uh, Saints, too. Uh, Trying to figure out how the hell they won it. Kyle Orton threw for 172 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, a 49.2 quarterback rating. Matt Forte was the leading rusher, and he had 34 yards. And your leading receiver didn't even have 50 yards. Oh, here we go. Uh Danielle Manning had a kickoff return for a touchdown. He had a lot of kickoff yards that game. Um Robbie Gold kicked three field goals. Ottawalia Gunlia had a had an interception. Mike Brown had an interception.
1: I found the uh Wait a minute. This wasn't even in the Superdome. The last win? The last win in New Orleans. That there wasn't was at it. the Superdome. Don't you remember that was Hurricane Katrina, so they played elsewhere? <laughs> oh,
0: you're right.
1: Wow, I I didn't even think about they that. Played, they played at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Whew. So that means... The last time they won a game in the Superdome. October 27, 1991. Wow. Do you know who the
0: Bears quarterback that game was?
1: 1991. <laughs> uh, would that have been Jim Harbaugh? That would have been
0: Jim Harbaugh. In that win, do you know how many yards Jim Harbaugh passed for? And I will not tell you this. He was the only quarterback that game for the Bears. Do you know how many yards he passed for? Like a hundred. Sixty-one.
1: <laughs> he was got
0: five for twenty-two for sixty-one yards <laughs> and a quarterback rating of sixteen point nine. <laughs> All right, I, I gotta pull. I gotta pull Wait, up this box the, score. The leading the leading rusher was Brad Muster, their fullback. Fifty-seven yards. Their leading receiver was Wendell Davis. Wendell Davis was their leading receiver at oh man, where'd he go? Um twenty-seven yards. I only, don't even know who that only, is. Only only three players had a reception in that game. Neil Anderson had two for 17. Tom Waddle had two for 17 and a touchdown, and Wendell Davis was one for 27, one catch for 27 yards. <clears throat> oh my god. Um
1: Brad Holy Muster had a touchdown. God. I'm looking at this now. How so 20 to 17. Uh okay, so Saints scored first. Bears kicked a couple of field goals. The legendary uh, Morton Anderson. Wow, oh, did he kick a 60-yard field goal? I guess oh, has- my God. A name that I totally forgot.
0: The quarterback of the Saints that games was Bobby Hebert. I don't remember him. Oh, my God. Bobby Bear. I mean, was he who... He was good. he was he played no, he was fine. um he was like a a backup type guy. I uh, played for the Saints and the Falcons. Bobby a bear
1: now it, pardon my ignorance here too. was this a Jim Mora Saints team?
0: Maybe I think that probably would have been that era.
1: Jim Mora. Because, I mean, there was the one year he said diddly-poo, and it was... All right.
0: (laughs) All right. Sitcom slash football trivia. Based on a sitcom, who was Jim Harbaugh's cousin? Who? Screech from Saved by the Bell. Really? Yes. Yes one of the like one of the episodes of the show he's like oh this is my cousin jim and jim harbaugh comes out
1: no kidding <laughs> yep. by the way this was a jim morris saints team and they went 11 and five that year and, and the they Bears lost
0: beat them. and they lost to jim harbaugh throwing for 61 yards <clears throat> 2.8 yards
1: per uh yards per attempt Hey, the Bears were 11 and 5 as well. Good gravy. Did what did the Bears do that? Cuz cuz they they beat New Orleans in the early 90s under Dicka in a playoff game. I wasn't alive for it, but I know what happened. Okay, the Bears lost in the wild card that year. They lost the Cowboys 17-13. 92 I think is when they played the Saints in the playoffs. That was at Soldier Field, and I believe. And again, this was a few years before I was born, but I've watched some of these old playoff games. I believe Mike Tomzak was the quarterback that game. <laughs>
0: okay, so the last time they won in New Orleans was 1991.
1: Mm-hmm. Can
0: you t- can you tell me when the last time they won in
1: New Orleans before that? Was it like was it something like the 70s or something? December 21, 1975. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> it's so long ago, to 17. They <laughs> don't
1: have an internet box score for that game. <clears throat> so so hold on. So they won in 1991 in the Superdome. They won in 19 19- uh, 75 in the Superdome. They, what else? And then, okay, so what they beat them in 68 and 70 would those have both been in the Superdome?
0: Uh, 68 and 70 were both in New Orleans and the Bears won,
1: right? But was that the Superdome? I'm, I would assume so. When would the Superdome come open? Um, because I I I thought it was built for when the Saints came around let's see I mean because I just oh, I want to no, know how many times
0: they 75 was their uh was their first year at the superdome so, so taking they've only, away they've only won twice in the Superdome outside three Super times if you count the Super Bowl yeah I said outside the Super Bowl they've only beat the Saints twice in the Superdome
1: <clears throat> I knew it wasn't good. I didn't realize it was that bad. Yikes. That's depressing.
0: Yep. Ugh. I just, I'm so fed up with this team and this organization. Um. I... I don't even know what to, what to do or say.
1: It's, it's a hopeless feeling. It It, really is. It really is a hopeless feeling. And you know, I, I'm, I'm a Chicago
0: fan. I am. I understand the rebuild. I live with the rebuild. I could live with a rebuild like last year. I kept saying, okay, well, you know what is, we're going to have a high draft pick. We're going to have money. We're going to be able to fix this with, you know, good draft picks. And they made the trade. And we're like, Oh man, we're going to have a top draft pick plus multiple first rounders next year. And they've gotten worse last year. They, they got the number one pick from being the worst overall team. And they've gotten worse worse. They're worse than they were last year.
1: Yeah, it's it's going backwards. I mean, last year you, you saw you saw a lot of close losses last year on a team that on paper should be much worse than this one. I mean, they they almost eked out games against worthy opponents when Equinemius St. Brown was your number one wide receiver. When you were down to him being your number one guy. Do you remember how competitive they played against the Eagles? Do you remember yep, that? Yep. And even Eagles fans who came into Chicago were like, wow, you gave, guys gave us a good fight. Uh, I mean,
0: that you're like that, that made you think that the arrow is pointing up. And <laughs> being exposed last night on national TV uh, are it was it was just uh you know i felt numb i felt numb until today when i saw what the coaching reaction was right right yep and, same and i said you know what i went from being just numb and over this to no i'm pissed off i'm fired up and now i'm ready to spit venom yeah <clears throat> and i'm i'm pissed and you know, is, is I know players got to play, but Matt Everfloos is his defense. That was, Oh, Hey, I'm a, I'm a good defensive coordinator. He's the defensive coordinator now. And his team just got eviscerated. His defense got eviscerated in this game.
1: It was never, you never, you were never confident that they were going to get a stop. No. I mean, how many times did their punter punt? I can't, I don't remember if he did or not. I sort of half tuned out. Um And they went drive after drive, scoring after scoring. And I, I don't think Justin Herbert broke a sweat. Is he, Justin Herbert had been
0: really struggling. And in the, he comes in and just what completes his first like 17 passes.
1: Yeah. It was easy for him. It was so easy. He didn't have any pressure on him whatsoever.
0: Yeah, they just annihilated the Bears, and the Bears actually did a decent job stopping the run. Their leading rusher only had 29 yards rushing and 1.9-yard average. Like, they stopped the run, but you can't stop the pass because they can't get any pressure on it. Quarterbacks are just getting it out quick. Like, look at their passing yards. Eckler, 7 for 94. Allen, 8 for 69. Johnston, 5 for 50. Parham, 4 for 43. Palmer, 3 for 24. The like you just... It was just frustrating. Their punter
1: punted twice. And by then, the game was settled. And you know what's a real shame, too, about this? Is that you had a home team blow the opponent out And yet there was very little enthusiasm because most of the people in the crowd were bears fans. So bears fans went all that way to see the bears play and saw that effort.
0: You know, I love going to Los Angeles. I have a good time there. I'm not going out there for a bears game because I'm just spending a lot of money to watch my team lose and be miserable the rest of the trip.
1: Hey, speaking of losing streaks in an area, did you read the stat about the bears in Los Angeles? No, the Bears haven't won a game in the Los Angeles era since 1987 when they beat the Rams. Do you want to know what was notable about that game? Um, What? The final career game for Walter Payton. That's the last time he won in the Los Angeles area. They're running back, and the last time the Bears won
0: in Los Angeles is dead.
1: Yeah, who has not played in over 30 years.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Hey, I got one more fun little nugget for you when it comes to the Saints next week. And it's funny because I actually just recently rewatched the highlights of this game on YouTube because I fell down a rabbit hole. Um, Do you remember when the Saints came to Chicago in 1997? I don't. Well, it was kind of significant. Because the Saints were being coached by a certain coach. Dicka. Right. It was the first and only time he came to Soldier Field <laughs> as an opposing coach. And beat the Bears. Yeah, 20-17. to 17. I think the Bears the, – and the, the Saints were bad.
0: The Saints were real bad. They and were very the, bad. And the Bears – the Bears, I don't – I want to say the Bears were probably like – oh and five oh and six yes. oh yeah, didn't there. have a win
1: it was like I think like it was a combined one or two wins between the <laughs> two teams and the Bears had none of the wins yeah can you guess who the quarterbacks were uh
0: the Saints uh Um, God, uh, he was the say he was the quarterback. He went to, to Tennessee. Um, it's a really Southern name.
1: You, you're on it. Heath Shuler. That's right. Heath Shuler. And Schuler was the quarterback and the, Bear, the, and the bears, Rick Meyer. He played part of the game. It was two guys. Eric Eric Kramer. It was Eric Kramer and Rick Meyer. Rick (laughs) Meyer attempted 16 passes, completed seven. Eric Kramer attempted 20, completed 12. No touchdowns between the two. (laughs) Um, Running back must have been Raymond Harris. Yep. 82 yards of rushing and he scored a touchdown and Eric Kramer did score a touchdown, but with his legs rushing, not passing. And I'm going to guess the leading receiver
0: was Ricky prole. Uh,
1: nope. Bobby Ingram. Correct. Ricky Prohl so, was
0: probably second then, right?
1: In terms of yards. Correct. So Bobby <laughs> Ingram had 59 yards. Ricky pole had 39 uh Ryan Ryan Wetnight had 36 Oh my god I totally forgot about him the tight end Brian Chris, Wetnight Chris Penn had 35 Tyrone Hughes had 13 <laughs> and Keith Jennings had 7 Raymond Harris was thrown to three Chris, times Chris but- Penn. he
0: was from Tulsa and got the Bears got him from Kansas City
1: and probably did nothing right no he didn't do anything of course
0: raymond harris was the, from ohio state and once he left uh i believe that was his last year with the bears and i went i think he went to the
1: packers after that um yes you're right he played one year with the packers and He had a thousand years, a thousand years, thousand yards for the Bears in nineteen ninety seven. Then he went to Denver, New England after Green Bay, and that was it. And
0: God, the running back for the Saints that game would have been, um, the Notre Dame guy, Ray Zellers, right.
1: Uh, For the Saints? Are you saying rushing or receiving? uh, Rushing. The running back. Ray Zellers, yes, correct.
0: Okay. I can't even think of who who the running back or their wide receivers would have been.
1: Randall Hill, John Farquhar, Mario Bates, (laughs) Andre Hastings, and Mario Bates rushed for 58 yards as well. Jesus,
0: there was nobody on that team.
1: Yeah, bad versus bad. I mean, <laughs> what a terrible game!
0: Oh, you just got. I got. What do the Bears have in common? Every single one of these games, terrible quarterback play.
1: Oh, it never stops. I mean, it never freaking stops when you look at all these matchups. Oh my god! It. I mean, the playoff game in nineteen ninety two, I believe that was Mike Tomzak there's 1992 playoffs because that was a um no that would have been harbaugh too wouldn't it have well let's see let's see i thought i i thought when i rewatched watched it was tom zach but let's see maybe no you're right it was harbaugh i thought it was i thought it was tom zach maybe no tom zach was wasn't tom zach didn't he play more under uh What's-his-nuts, Wani? Yeah. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, 260 yards passing, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, while Bobby (laughs) Herbert passed for 264 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But the Bears still – wait a minute. I'm looking at the wrong score. Hold on. This, yeah, that's the wrong score. That's regular season. That is regular season. I am looking for playoffs. Because I thought it was 1992. Yeah, because I was going to say, that doesn't make any sense. Like, the, the quarterback play was really, really, really really bad for the Bears. I mean, it, it usually is but, um, let's see. Oh, you're thinking '91. That was Tom. '91. 90, okay, so I was right. Okay, <laughs> Tom okay. Zach.
0: Look, pull just pull the game. Up. Tom Zach was 166 yards passing. Neil Anderson had 102 yards rushing. He was also your leading receiver.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my God, Maury Buford was your punter. Totally forgot about Maury Buford. <clears throat> he did two stints with the Bears. Oh
1: my goodness! Neil Anderson attempted one pass and completed it for 22 yards.
0: Yep. Neil Anderson was an underrated Bear.
1: Yeah, he was a solid player. Funny, Steve Walsh played some quarterback for the team, uh, for the Saints. But Steve Walsh would lead the Bears to victory the year I was born in 1995 against Warren Moon and the Vikings. Yeah, he played. Uh, he played two seasons with the Bears. He was the last Bears quarterback to win a road playoff game. Are you serious? Yes. So ninety four. Yes, the Bears haven't won a road playoff game since nineteen ninety four. Right, because think about it. Look at the, the look. Since then, you didn't make the playoffs for the rest of the nineties. You made the playoffs in one under Dick Geron. You lost at home against the Eagles. And literally as soon as the last fan walked out of the building, they tore the old Soldier Field down. Then 2005, you lost at home to the Panthers. 2006, you lost the Super Bowl. That doesn't count as a road playoff game. That's the Super Bowl. It's a neutral site. Uh, then you lost at home to the Packers in uh, 2010 after beating the uh, the Seahawks at home. And then you lost to the Eagles at home in 2018, double doink, and you lost on the road to the Saints. That's the last time you won a playoff game. I was not even a full year old. This is giving me a headache. oh my
0: god why why Uh, god they're I'm looking yeah their playoff history they haven't been in the playoffs since 2010 and they lost or sorry 2020 and they lost 1 game 0 and 1 in 2020 0 and 1 in 2018 1 and 1 in 2010 2 and 1 in 2006 0 and 1 in 2005 0 and 1 in 2001 1 and 1 in twenty ten, two 0 and 1 in 91 1 and 1 in 1990 1 and 1 in 88 0 and 1 87 Oh, and one eighty six wasn't since the Super Bowl three and zero. What a shitty, shitty team!
1: So we've only won multiple playoff games one time since the Super Bowl, and that was the other year they made the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Because wasn't 1988 didn't they get absolutely clapped by uh the 49ers that year uh yeah yep and wasn't 95 after they won in Minnesota didn't they also once again get clapped by the 49ers uh indeed and then they lost to the Cowboys in 90 I, I will
0: tell you a fun fun fact about the uh the 19 uh uh 88 game against the 49ers mm-hmm. is, is my dad threw a shoe through our TV. No
1: kidding. He was not happy. How does a shoe go through a TV of that era? It was thrown pretty hard. Jeez. Those old TVs with the glass screen. <laughs> right through the TV.
0: So I didn't even get to finish watching that game because we only I mean, had one TV. I I mean, did did you need to see anything else? <laughs> no, no. But I remember I I was watching and my dad took his shoe off and just threw it right to the TV. And I was like, oh man. I don't I don't want to know what happens after this. So I ran and hid in the basement.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Let's see. Cause that was that was the NFC championship. Uh yeah. Yep. Yeah, because be... twenty eight to three <clears throat> yep. Who was, was jim McMahon even healthy for that game um jeez
0: jim McMahon played but Mike Tomzak came in
1: uh That was so I just I have this funny image of someone carrying out a busted TV with the shoe still lodged in it. I
0: I don't even remember the TV going out. I just remember my dad taking the shoe off, throwing it through the TV. And I went, yoink, (laughs) time for me to hide. And I ran down to the basement. Do you remember what
1: point he threw the shoe? I don't. I don't remember. I mean, you lose twenty-eight to three with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Could have been at any point, right? Uh,
0: I mean, it it could have been pretty early.
1: <laughs> I just picture the static. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Man, that's a
0: great story at the time i mean i would have been like 10 11 years old and it's like oh god Uh uh-oh i'm gonna get a butt whooping here i better mind my i learned very early mind your p's and q's if the bears lose
1: Mm. boy just imagine how many shoes would be going through tvs today (laughs) right
0: good gravy
1: i bet the rest of your family was thrilled about that oh yeah you know i thought it was fun just having a no tv how long did it take to to replace that tv (laughs) honestly i don't remember
0: i just it was just the traumatic experience of um of uh you know the, the 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 tv getting broken and then that was that was it
1: you're going to have a dream tonight where you're going to be sitting in front of that nice new TV you have, and you're going to get mad and you're just going to chuck your shoe right through it.
0: <laughs> uh God. I don't, I don't want to think about that. I'm I hope I never get that mad at a, at a bears game.
1: I remember, I remember getting really mad during the 2010 NFC championship game. And then when Cutler went down, I I just turned it off. And then my friend told me the next day at school that he had like a bunch of Portillo's. So he had like a shake and like some hot dog and beef and fries. He's like, yeah, that Portillo's ended up all over the TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Why, why do I, why don't we let the bears just ruin
0: our whole weekends?
1: It's been, it's been that way for a long, 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 long time. Makes me sick.
0: Yeah. So I, I have, you know, no, no hopes of the bears winning, in New Orleans. Oh <laughs> and, no, I don't and, either. And honestly, it's probably for the best that they lose anyway.
1: At this point, yeah. Um I mean, they're they're
0: not winning anything with with this team. So you might as well get
1: that better draft pick. Here we are, talking about tanking again.
0: <laughs> I know, back-to-back seasons, Ooh, there's just tank. Oh, it's just tank. Um, yeah, but Derek, Derek Carr's playing really well. Um, and he's going to pick you apart. Taysom Hill is probably going to come in and, and make you look stupid.
1: Oh, no doubt. Um, Rashid Shahid's
0: probably going to drop 120 on you. I, I just don't. I have no hope for that, for the Bears winning. But, you know, here we are. It's – you look at Tankathon, and as it currently stands, you would have picks two and three. But that's just because Arizona has played more games than Carolina. Carolina is one and six. Arizona is one and seven. So Arizona has, or uh, Carolina has that tiebreaker, or, or the, if if they have the same record, Carolina will get the, the better of the two draft picks. So, I mean, in reality, the Bears would have one and three, um, but the Bears need some of these other teams to start losing in case they win one here. Yeah, this is the, the the order is, uh, technically Arizona first, just by the fact that they've have more losses, then the Bears through Carolina, then the Bears are their own pick, then the Giants, Patriots, Packers, Colts, Denver, and the Rams and Washington round out ten. <clears throat> there are one, two, three, four four teams with only two wins. The bears need some of them to get a couple of wins. The giants have actually been playing pretty decent. I mean, their defense has been looking good. Um, Tyrod a lot Dain- of
1: injuries though.
0: Yeah. Tyrod. Hopefully Dan for them, Danny dimes comes back soon because Tyrod's injured and he was actually playing pretty well. Yeah. Patriots, man. I don't know. That's just a bunk ass team.
1: Yeah. That team stinks.
0: The Packers got to have a couple wins in there. But Jordan Love is Jordan Love is a bad
1: quarterback. Yeah, that's not looking very good. That is, just, yeah, yeah. Just
0: imagine how the narrative would be different if they hadn't played the Bears week one. Oh, absolutely. That literally saved him from the embarrassment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no kidding. <clears> hmm. <throat> Maybe Um, Dalton could have beaten the bears if he was under center for the freaking Packers that game. Yeah. But I have hope that Arizona
0: might win a few games because the rumors are is their quarterback might be returning um, in the next couple of weeks. If that's the case, they've been, they haven't been playing terribly. They're not good by any stretch, but maybe they'll win a couple. And they lock those bears in at one and two. I mean, that would be the dream scenario there. Getting oh, yeah, field.
1: absolutely. <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: uh. Yeah. Stupid Bears. All right. What do you want to talk about now?
1: Well, uh, there's 30 seconds left in this Bulls game, and the Bulls are clinging to a four-point lead, and... It's gonna be the difference between two and two or one and three. And uh we're seeing a lot of the same problems we saw last year. I mean <clears throat> it's
0: uh Patrick Williams is dog shit. And we keep saying, Oh, well, you know, we just need him to step up and he's he wants twenty Not million dollar he wants like twenty million dollars a year or something ridiculous.
1: Yeah, good and, luck with that.
0: And he can't play. Um, Dalen Terry was terrible and getting sent down. Um, and you, after one game, you had a players only meeting. I, <laughs> they, I don't know what they're trying to do. Just run, run your offense through Vooch that's what he wants that's what the coaching staff says these this team just doesn't play well your coach they don't your coaching staff is not doing well your <laughs> players don't buy into what they're they're trying to do uh
1: and I just don't, don't like I don't like this combination of players they don't shoot enough threes and when they do they're they're um like opening night against OKC. They shot
0: enough there. to shot really bad and they right, don't like they, they right. don't like shooting them. That's they don't like shooting threes, but that's the NBA Um, like tonight. Zach was Zach's your leading or I guess Pooch was but Zach drops 21, but on six of 17 shooting mm-hmm. six of 17 one and six behind the arc.
1: Yeah, yeah, you, you need more than that in modern NBA. I mean. Your leading three-point shooter made one three-pointer. It's so funny. It's like, what do the Bears' defense and the Bulls' offense have in common? They, they try to play like it's 2005 and they can't. Yeah. um, Because you, you don't have the size advantage on a lot of these teams to drive to the hoop. You remember what Milwaukee did to them in the playoffs two years ago? Yep. clog up the lanes around the basket and just make them shoot threes. Cause they know they weren't going to hit those darn well knowing they weren't going to drive to the paint because they were heavily outmatched.
0: But you're, I mean, here at the end, end of the game, it's, it's a, you're trying to win. You're trying to hold on to a slim lead and Torrey Craig's on the bench. Why? He's arguably your best defender. Why isn't he on the court? What are you you trying to do? I think they're getting too cute. (laughs) Um, You know, but you've had, let's see, you got smoked by the Pistons. That was brutal. You you won a one-point overtime win against the Raptors, and you got smoked on opening night by the Thunder. I mean, they, they clapped you. yeah
1: they were just draining (coughs) three after three after three and that kid who finally who they drafted a year ago who's finally playing now looks pretty darn good on okc and i mean you were gifted that that raptors win yeah yep um this, if the Bulls hang on here, this would be the first time we could say, okay, it wasn't the prettiest, but that's a legitimately a, a solid win to go on the road. You know, the Pacers were undefeated at the time. Uh, so, needs needs to get this.
0: Yeah, I mean, you need this win. Um, but, yeah, this team just doesn't doesn't have the the ability to to win these big games you know i know we were hopeful you're like well if this happens and if this happens those things just really aren't
1: happening right we we keep saying this has got to happen that's got to happen um but like you know it'll be a microcosm these first four games hey you see some good you see a lot of bad you see a lot of bad is going to inhibit you from winning anything meaningful, but you're probably going to be around a 500-ish team because you at least have enough talent that's going to squeak you out some games like this. When you have nights where Levine could score, DeRozan could score, Vooch can do what he can do. I mean, when Vooch comes up big late, they usually win those games. It's just that you're not always getting that consistently enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the miracle in this game is that they were down – They were down a nice chunk, and you're like going into the fourth quarter, you're like, oof, this does not fare well for this team. And they, they had a nice fourth quarter comeback. Um, and were they down five going into the fourth? And they, they, uh, (laughs) come back and take the lead. So it's, it's, uh, it's nice to see that, but, I just, I agree with you. I just don't have hope for this team. And, you know, it's just, they seem like a borderline playoff team.
1: That's what we expected. That's what we expected. And that's what they are. There's, there's, there is nothing that we watch about this bulls team and say, wow, I'm surprised for better or for worse.
0: Yeah. So um yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about this team. It's they really they are who we thought they were. They just are who we thought. Rin it. Um and you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they move on from Zach Levine and try to make that trade.
1: I don't know. Who's taking that money? Who's taking that contract? <coughs> I don't know. I I don't know.
0: Um, but that's that's uh that wouldn't be shocking. Now I, I wouldn't be surprised if he thought that too. His expectation is he's getting traded. All right, it's official. Bulls win this one.
1: That was I mean that was a nice win there. I mean you were down, you came back and you know, it's it's not easy going into Indiana and winning in that building. So, I mean, I'll give them their props there. Vooch came up big. Came up with some big possessions. Handed to them. They closed it out.
0: I mean, now if the playoffs were to start today, they would be in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> Of four games
0: listen listen you gotta cling to whatever you can gotta
1: cling to whatever you can <clears throat> Excuse hey me. I'll, I'll gladly take the win tonight you you beat a division rival it's it's good to beat a rival like that uh
0: but uh yeah. I mean, Blackhawks, you know, they've, their team, they've had some, some pretty tough losses um, that you, you didn't like. Uh, but, you know, they had that, that win against the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights was a, was a nice one.
1: Handed them their first loss of the year. And you know what? There's something to be said about that win, because what was the game before that? Do you remember? <clears throat>
0: Yeah, it was, uh, um, uh, the Bruins game where they looked like dog turds.
1: Right. And coach Richardson after the game said, Hey, we didn't do our job. We didn't play good enough. We got to be better. They practice hard. They rebound. They go to the best team in the NHL's house and they beat them. They hand them their first loss.
0: Yep. And, and, you know, I know the golden Knights were playing
1: sloppy, but, it
0: doesn't matter. It's they hadn't lost and that's that was a, a nice win. It was a nice win for them. And uh and they didn't play great that whole game, but they 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 never quit.
1: Nope.
0: And I mean that they you were down what two nothing at
1: one point? You were down two nothing early. It was looking bad, <laughs> and then they turned early. on the Jets. Yep. Yeah. I mean they, the first couple minutes. Back.
0: Right. Yeah, you, you scored you scored um you scored two uh late in the first period and you're like, Oh, okay, all right, now it's a game. And then uh you you give up a goal late in the third period to tie it up, but then you come back in and, and in the overtime and and get that victory. So, you know, I, I can't fault them. That was a game that they just never gave up.
1: No, no, they didn't. And you saw another really nice goal from Connor Bedard. Yeah, it was a real nice goal. And I was so mad that they disallowed that one against the Bruins. Oh, I know. That was bullshit. <sighs> Had the like, Kane Selly and everything.
0: Yeah, that was bullshit. I don't like I don't like that you can <clears throat> you can call the or for uh a, a replay that late.
1: Yeah. And how close was that? I didn't look very conclusive in my opinion. I didn't think so. I would have just left it, but you know, if they would have called off sides initially and review it. Okay. Cause it's hard to overturn, but you didn't, it was a challenge and it was hard to conclude. Yeah. So, um, not that they would have won the game, but it would have been another goal for Bedard.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know what? He's gonna get he's gonna get chunks. You know, he's gonna have a, a couple multi point games, um, and we're gonna blow
1: <laughs> chunks too watching the Bears.
0: <laughs> uh, and the Blackhawks are playing tonight against the Coyotes team, who's you know
1: uh, not that good. It's their only easy game because after this, they got to play back to back games against the Devils and the Panthers this weekend. Yep.
0: Um. So yeah, you hope that Connor Bedard gets some opportunities here. Um. And really, your only injury Vlasic's out this game, which was that was that was frustrating. But the Vlasic and the the Taylor Hall injuries, those are tough. I. I've heard the Blackhawks' response to it: we're just going to go out there and win games, and not be stupid, but kick somebody's ass. Is Corey I hate, Perry? I hate John Scott as an announcer, but John Scott on the ice would have beat somebody's ass.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Why isn't
0: Corey Perry out there kicking somebody's ass for that? Is because what if what if next time it's Connor Bedard that they they take out like that yep and you know and that's not to diminish uh vlasic because he's a guy that you're really excited about and yeah luckily he's day-to-day but you know taylor hall is week to week
1: so and taylor hall is a really good player to have around connor bedard so that's why that really sucks yep so it's a it's just
0: frustrating you want to see you want to see them defend the, their players better. Um, Yeah. We not really Blackhawks related. uh, Is, you know, I'm sure you heard about Adam Johnson dying.
1: Yeah. Very sad. Did you watch the play? No. And I really don't want to. Don't watch it, man. I, I think I think
0: that other guy kicked him. I think that was I think that was an intentional kick. I I I heard I only watched it because Dan Carcillo said something along those lines, and I saw somebody else say it too. And I was like, no. You don't you, nobody's kicking somebody with this dude did a ninja kick with the blade. Jeez. And just uh, don't watch it, man. It's nightmare stuff.
1: Yep, I do not plan to.
0: Um, I uh, so math, it's 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 weird. Um, uh, like it, it getting cut with a blade is pretty rare, but is has it happened enough where? players are going to put something to do something about it make the decision to put on you know some sort of neck guard or um <clears throat> you know trying to defend or prevent
1: senseless death like that
0: or senseless senseless injuries
1: yeah it's you know you you, you saw that the you was the USA hockey had those neck protectors yeah
0: Um. So uh I know TJ Yoshi was was big on wanting those like uh neck protectors um which is weird cuz he was pushing it for everybody else but he didn't wear it. Um yeah, it's just senseless.
1: Yep. Really sad. And I'm glad that the whole NHL and hockey communities come together to honor him. Yeah.
0: Ugh. But Blackhawks, yeah, playing tonight. So that'll be, it's uh, I hate these West coast games where they're on so late. Like I get it. Yeah. Cause it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a night game for the home team, but it's, those are brutal to watch. So I'm, they are. I'm exhausted the next day.
1: Yeah, because I got... Uh, tomorrow's a work-from-home day for me, <laughs> so... Uh, not a work-from-home. It's a work-in-office day for me tomorrow. Though we just moved into our awesome new office, so that's cool. It's, so it's a little closer, but I still like to go in early um, so I can leave earlier and be traffic. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like when I'm working from home the next day, I can stay up for those. But when I'm not, it's kind of, kind of tough, kind of tough.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the school year. So it's, I get up have to get my kid breakfast and get her ready to go to school make her lunch. Yeah. And then drive her 20 minutes South before heading 45 minutes North. Oh, wow. to go to work. So it's like, yeah, I'm like, Oh my God, these late games, no bueno, no bueno. But, uh, still, it's 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 been fun to watch. Even the two real clunkers that they played, two and a half clunkers. Um, I mean, the
1: one the- clunker against Colorado that was truly just what are you gonna do? Yeah,
0: that team is so good. That team is so good. Um, <clears throat> Avalanche. I mean, the uh, the Golden Knights. They're a good team. Bruins are a good team, but you know they. The Blackhawks at least showed life there, but other, otherwise they've been really competitive. Even, even games where they've been out of it, they've fought their way back to make a competitive game. And I like this coaching staff. This is easily the best coaching staff in the city.
1: Yep. I agree. I I don't even think twice about it. <laughs> I mean,
0: far superior. I mean, the Cubs, the Cubs have a good team. But I think most of us would say that one of their weaknesses is the manager, um, and God knows what's going on with the White Sox. The Bulls have probably the most decorated um, head coach, but uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think we've seen much of them here, and. I think the bears just have an abysmal coaching staff. So, yeah, I mean, not much of a competition, but you know, still I, I like that coaching
1: staff. Yeah, I do too.
0: You know, it's, it'll be fun when you've get some of those rookies to get a little seasoning and you're able to to sprinkle in some free agents because this, this, if you, if you play this right, this is a, this could be a real good team going forward.
1: Yep. It, we got a long way to go, but at least we can see the progression. Yeah. That's the thing
0: when, with a rebuild, once you hit that rock bottom, you just want to see, um, you just want to see progression. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing this team. Like they're not good. You're not seeing it so much in the record, but you're watching the team look better. They look better on the ice. It's the eyeball test. They're like, Oh, hey, Uh, you know, because because when it comes down to, you know, wins and losses, this, uh, you know, they're they're not great. I mean, they have they have like, I don't know, the fifth or sixth worst record, but the the play on the ice is so much better than it was. And the eyeball test shows that. So they're going to. And this is this is a bad record with a really tough start. They're going to play against, um, you know, uh, other bad teams, and and things are going to sort of even out at some point. They're going to play against the, the Blues and the Buffaloes, and
1: and they'll and they'll have Arizona. some nice sustained home games because we're mm-hmm. only. Having played two ho- home games total, and we, let's see, how many games have the Hawks played so far? Seven, eight, eight. So eight, and we've only had two home games. It is Tonight's going to be number nine, right? Yeah. So you've played nine games, only two of them have been at home. Yep. Yep, yep, yep
0: and you know you and you've played two against Boston who hasn't ha- doesn't have a regular regulation loss yet um is it two against Vegas yes so two against Boston two against Vegas neither one has a regulation loss um you have one against Colorado who's got one of the the third best record so You've played five of your eight games so far against the three best records in hockey.
1: Like, oh, and now you get a dose of the Panthers, the Lightning twice, the Devils. Yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna eventually even this out. Gonna eventually Bat- even this out. <laughs> baptism by fire for Connor Bedard <laughs> and some of those other rookies.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, you're not seeing the like him get as much opportunities because teams are just focused on taking him away and not giving him space. Um, (laughs) He's going to, you're going to eventually see him get some opportunities and those points are going to come in bunches and you're going to get that show. Um, He's, he's a great player, just so
1: good. It's fun to watch him play. Yeah, it is. And I look forward to watching this just progress. Even if it doesn't mean in a whole lot of wins, I'm looking forward to it progressing.
0: Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, I think I've said my piece. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Bill Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago. I want to thank everybody so much for listening. Please hit subscribe, however you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, etc. Share this podcast with your friends. Help so grow the show. Follow us on social media at Swirsky Sports, Facebook.com slash Swirsky Sports, fan ShyFanPat2 for Alex on Twitter slash X or alexanderjpaccreative.com for all the cool stuff that Alex does. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, bear down. Cubs win! What a lucky break! The good Lord wants the Cubs to win! We
1: thank Dick and God for all they have provided. Ah! Cubs win! Cubs win! Cubs win!
0: You can have her She's a Packer fan She can't fit in my van And she looks like the- number New Yorkers Smoking crack is not legal on planes Bears 31 to negative 7
1: The Bears
0: Oh when the Bears go bearing down